0: And welcome to The Word Encounter, episode 199. We're in the book of Luke, and we uh, concluded yesterday in chapter 5, so let's pick it up in chapter 6. And the word says, the Lord of the Sabbath. And we covered this, chapter 6, verse 1, or starting in verse 1, in Matthew chapter 12, verses 1 through 14, in The Word Encounter, episode 183. And uh, I've got the key verses here as being verses five and nine, as we recall, uh, Jesus and his disciples were walking through uh, a vineyard patch and they were hungry. So they were grabbing some grain off of the, the leaves and the Pharisees saw them and and attributed that to them working on the Sabbath and they, they confronted Jesus about it. And then uh, he responded with, didn't you read the scripture about when David and his men ate uh, the bread of his presence and they weren't supposed to and so on and so forth. And so he explained to them basically that, that the Sabbath is made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Uh, and then he explained to them, that, hey, I'm the son of man and I am the Lord of the Sabbath. And in another example, uh, a man had a, a shriveled hand and he wanted it healed on the Sabbath. And, and Jesus healed his hand and the Pharisees got all upset. And in verse nine, he said, then, Z, uh, then Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath or to do evil to save life or to destroy it? you know so jesus is trying to give them uh perspective and context with regard to what the sabbath was really for for man's benefit not to harm man and so we drop down here uh it says the beatitudes we went over the beatitudes uh in matthew chapter 5 verses 1 through 12 and word encounter episode 179 i've got down here the key verses being verse 22 and he says uh Blessed are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, insult you, or slander your name as evil because of the Son of Man. In other words, it's not that just people just, you know, blessed are you when people do this to you. It's blessed are you when people do this to you because of Jesus, you know. And so if they're going to mock you and slander you and insult you and all this stuff because of your position with Jesus, then it says blessed are you. You know, because, you know, they did worse than that to, uh, to Jesus. And so, you know, we should exp- uh, expect some blowback, if you will, uh, from other people when they find our devotion uh, to Jesus to be somehow offensive to them. And so they have to respond in some kind of way. It says here, uh, woe to the self-satisfied. Now, we don't find this in Matthew or in Mark. So let's go over this. It says in verse uh, 24. It says, um, but this is a follow on to the Beatitudes. It says, but woe to you who are rich, for you have received your comfort. Woe to you who are now full, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are now laughing, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for this is the way their ancestors used to treat the false prophets. Let's go over this. Woe to you. For you who to you who are rich, for you have received your comfort. So what this could mean is that in this world, you know, you have received your 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 your, um your reward, your treasure. And so woe to you, because in the coming world in eternity, you know, that won't be the case. Now, I don't think this is this is applicable to all rich people. This is applicable to rich people who view their resources as their God. Who, who deny God his position in their life. See, and so uh, their resources, their money, their possessions are taking the place of the eternal one. And so Jesus is saying, woe to you who are rich, You have this perspective, for this is the only word that you will get. You will not get anything uh, beyond this in this life. In the next life, sorry, <laughs> In verse 25, it says, woe to you who are full now, for you will be uh, hungry. And so this could be, mean a woe to you who are full as in food, who have enough uh, resources and money uh, to stay full. This could be woe to you who are uh, uh, content in yourselves, who are proud of your achievements, what you have done. You are satisfied with yourself, you know, and it says you, you are full you one could say you are full of yourself, if you will. You know, woe to you who have this perspective for there will come a day. Well, that will not suffice and you will be hungry for me. But woe to you if you have that position now. Woe to you who are laughing now for you were mourning weep. Does that mean that just people that are happy and whatnot, they, 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 that that's wrong or somehow evil? No, not at all. But woe to you who are not seeing the bigger picture. See, who are just full of life and, 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 and everything is grand and whatnot. And you don't see the bigger picture. You don't recognize who's in control of this thing. You don't recognize the eternal one. This is woe to you because one day, and it might be too late, when you do recognize these things, you will be mourning and weeping. This is woe to you when all people speak well of you. For this is the way their ancestors used to treat the false prophets. So the false prophets used to get all kind of earthly benefits uh, from their kings because they would prophesy good things, prophesy things that they wanted to hear, so they would get treated well. You know, Jesus is saying, woe to you who fall into that category. You know, woe to to you when you take in what people say. When you get flattered by people's words because they speak well of you, you know, and you think that you're all that. You think that, uh, you know, what you've been doing and who you are and, and whatnot is so satisfying that, that people speak well of you. And you have uh, a no rejection of that glory that's coming on to you to reflect it back to who it belongs to, which is God. And so you are self satisfied. People are speaking. You're a person of of influence and and whatnot, and you are full of yourself because people speak well of you and highly of you. It says, "Woe to you," because that's the way they used to speak to the false prophets, and look at where they are now. See, they will never see me because they got their rewards when they were on earth. Love your enemies. We covered this. <clears throat> if we uh, go Matthew chapter five. Verses thirty-eight through uh, forty-eight in episode one hundred and seventy-nine uh, in the book of Luke. He, Luke here, some some clauses, some extra scripture are included here about money. Let's drop down to verse thirty-four, and it says, <clears throat> "Let's see. Let me back up for a second. Let's talk about loving your enemies. If anyone hits you, you know, if if if, if uh, you know, turn the other cheek. If if you have two shirts and your brother has none, then." You know, give him one. And so it's talking about this stuff. It says, and if you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to be repaid in full. But your enemies uh, do what is well. Oh, excuse me. But love your enemies. Do what is good and lend expecting nothing in return. Wow. That's a hard word. Lend expecting nothing in return. How can we do this? Well, I'm just going to give you my opinion here. The only way we can do this is if we recognize that what we have, we do not own. If what you have, your perspective is you're just watching over it, but you don't own it then it becomes easier to lend out because it's not yours in the first place. If you feel you own stuff, stuff, excuse me, if you feel you own something and you own stuff, and uh, let's say that you earn, uh, earn these things honestly, hard work and whatnot, and it's mine, then freely giving that to somebody else is very difficult. But in order to honestly earn something, you have to have some things provided to you to do that. You have to have life. You have to have an able body or an able mind. You have to be able to speak, to write, to do something. You have to be able to perform a task for which you can be paid. And to have those things functioning properly, those are gifts from God. And so one could easily reason that anything we produce, we produce because of what's been given to us by him. Therefore, we don't own it. That's hard. But the word also says that everything on earth is owned by the Lord. See, and so could this be a test to see what you believe with regard to who really owns this stuff? I don't know. It says, but love your enemies, do what is good, and lend expecting nothing in return. Then, then what? Your reward will be great, and you will be children of the Most High. This sounds almost like a qualification. See, for he is gracious to the ungrateful and evil. So since he is gracious to the ungrateful and evil, the word is implying, if not explicitly stating, that you should do the same thing. And so you should be gracious to the ungrateful and evil. And if they ask for something, uh, just give it to them without expecting anything in return. I'm just giving the word. I'm not saying this is easy. And I, can't, I can't give you any personal experience necessarily, uh, not with regard to enemies. You know, I've given I've been very generous on a number of occasions, but I can't say that I've been generous to enemies. Verse 36, it says, be merciful, just as your uh, father also is merciful. And it implies be merciful, just as your father also is merciful to you. Mm. Do not judge. Covered this in Matthew chapter seven, verses one through six, episode one hundred and eighty. We've got more details and examples here in Luke. So let's go through this. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use it, it will be measured back to you. In other words, give uh, give and it will be given to you with the same measure. So if if you give like, um, generously, if you give with, uh, uh, with a pleasant heart, you know, if you give without any animus or anger, then the Lord will give to you with a generous heart. He will give to you with, without holding anything back. He will give to you freely and graciously, you know, whatever we do will be returned to us. This is like a universal law. (laughs) You know, whatever you sow, you will reap. This has to do with attitudes, has to do with mindsets, has to do with all that stuff. You know, it's one thing to be obedient, it's another thing to be obedient with the right heart, with the right attitude. You can begrudgingly do things. That's not how the Lord treats us. He doesn't begrudgingly uh, 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 give stuff to us. He doesn't begrudgingly show mercy to us. See, he graciously does this. He wants to do this. How, how are, what is our attitude and perspective in our giving? Verse 39 He also told him a parable Can the blind lead the blind? Or can the blind guide the blind? Uh, Won't they both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. This is a caution here. Be careful who you allow to teach you. Be careful. Make sure that they are following the right path. You know, Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. He just doesn't say, follow me. We'll get to this later on. He says, follow me as I follow Christ. If I start to get off path, then don't follow me. See, now that assumes that you have to be able to recognize what the right path is and just don't follow people, organizations, whatever, blindly. The onus is on you to be educated with regard to where they're coming from. a tree and its fruit. In verse 43, we covered this in Matthew chapter 33 verses, uh, excuse me, chapter 12, verses 33 through 37. Episode 183, the key verse of God is verse 45. And it says a good person produces good uh, out of the good stored up in his heart. It just doesn't come from anywhere. A person does good out of the good that's stored up here in the heart. An evil person produces evil out of the evil stored up in his heart. For his mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. The issue is the condition of the, of the heart. The issue is, has always been, and will always be the condition of the heart. Verse 46, two foundations. We covered this in Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 28, episode 180. Key verses, verse is Verse 46. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things I say? That's a good question. So Jesus is saying, you know, why do you say Lord, Lord, and then you don't obey me? How can I be your Lord if you don't obey what I say for you to do? See, a lot of people call themselves Christ-like ones, Christians and whatnot, but they don't do what Jesus did. They don't have Jesus' attitude, his perspective. They just call themselves a name for whatever reason. And so Jesus is challenging that. Why do you call me Lord, Lord? Chapter seven, a centurion's face a faith. We went over this in in Matthew chapter eight, verses five through uh, 13, episode 181. The key verse here is verse eight, in my opinion. And it says, um, but say the word and my servant will be healed. And so the servant, uh, excuse me, the centurion came to Jesus, says I have a a servant who's sick or dying whatever you know what can you help can you help and uh, jesus starts to go and he says no no you don't need to come with me you know because i'm a man under authority i understand on un- authority you know all you need to do is say the word he says but say the word and my servant will be healed for i too am a man placed under authority having soldiers under my command i say to this one go and he goes and to another come and he comes and to my servant do this and he does it Jesus heard this and he was amazed because Jesus found a non Jew who understood the principle of authority, who understood the principles of faith. And he says, truly, truly, I have not seen this <laughs> anywhere in Israel. Here's is a non Jew who understands what the real deal is. A widow son raised to life. It says afterwards, he was on his way to a town called Nain. Uh, His disciples and a large crowd were traveling with them. Just as he neared the gate of the town, a dead man was being carried out. Uh, He was his mother's only son, and she was a widow. A large crowd came to the town, uh, came to the town, was also with her. Now, remember, in these days, uh, in order to have a living or earn a living, there had had to be an able-bodied man, you know, a husband, a son, or whatever. It says here she was a widow, and this was her only son. So this was essentially her only financial support. And in verse 13, it says, when the Lord saw her, he had compassion on her and said, don't weep. Then he came up and touched the open coffin and the pallbearer stopped. And he said, young man, I tell you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to speak and Jesus gave him to his mother. Then fear came over everyone and they glorified the Lord saying a great prophet has risen among us and God has visited his people. And so we see when we come face to face, with the true power of the Lord, oftentimes the response is fear and trembling. What, what, what else could it be? You know, if you witness something that is just, you know, uh, from a um, physical standpoint, from a this earthly realm standpoint, would seem to be impossible, yet you're coming face to face with it and witnessing it, the likely response would be, Fear and trembling, <laughs> and then praise <clears throat> in praise of John the Baptist. Uh, this is uh, verse 18. We covered this in Matthew chapter 11, verses 1 through 15, in episode 183 of the word encounter. I've got down here the key verses, being verse 26 and 28. Uh, verse 26 says. What then uh, did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you. And more than a prophet. So Jesus is talking to the people, asking them about John uh, John the Baptist and his ministry. And so he questions them, when you went out to see John, why did you go out there? What did you think you were going to see? And then he said, did you think you were going to see a prophet? Yes, Jesus says you did see a prophet. But you saw more than a prophet because John was fulfilling scripture. And then it says in verse 28, He says, I tell you, among those born of women, no one is greater than John, but the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. So if we are eligible to be in the kingdom of God, Jesus is saying that we are greater than John the Baptist. For me, that's a very humbling thought. An unresponsive generation in verse 31 Matthew chapter 11, uh, verses 16 uh, through 19, episode 182, key verses 33 through 34. And it says, for John the Baptist does not come eating bread or drinking wine. And you say, he has a demon. The son of man, me, Jesus, the son of man has come eating and drinking. And you say, look, a glutton and a drunkard a friend of a tax, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. And so Jesus is saying, look, no matter what kind of righteousness gets paraded before you, you have a reason to, 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 to come against it. See, John came, he didn't drink wine. You know, he didn't, um, he only ate bread, excuse me. He did not eat bread and he did not drink wine. And you say, ah, this guy has a demon. Jesus comes eating and drinking and you say, look, he's a glutton and a drunkard. So no matter what the Lord puts before you, you're going to shoot it down for your own reasons. Much forgiveness, much love in verse 36. Then one of the Pharisees invited him to eat with him. He entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And a woman in the town who was a sinner found out that Jesus was reclining at the table in the Pharisee's house. She's brought. She brought an alabaster jar of perfume and stood behind him at his feet, weeping and began to wash his feet with her tears. She wiped his feet with her hair, kissing them and anointing them with the perfume. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, this man, if he were a prophet would know who and what kind of woman this is, who is touching him. She's a sinner. Now I've got a couple questions. Now, apparently this woman was a prostitute. Okay. Uh, but what was she doing in the Pharisee's house then? <laughs> if she was such a vile person, why was she in the Pharisee's house? <laughs> anyway, so she was doing this. So Jesus replied to him. Now, this is what, the, that's what the Pharisee was thinking. He didn't say this, but Jesus knew what he was thinking. So he replied to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. He said, say it, teacher. He says, a creditor had two debt, uh, had two debtors, one owed 500,000. Uh, one owed five hundred denarii; the other owed fifty. Since they could not pay it back, he graciously forgave them both. Which one of them will love him more? Simon answered, "I suppose the one he uh, I suppose the one he forgave more." You have judged correctly," he told him. Turning to the woman, he said to Simon, "Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house; you gave me no water for my feet." <laughs> Gave me no water for my feet, but she, with her tears, has washed my feet and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but she hasn't stopped kissing my feet since I came in. Came in. He says you didn't anoint my head with oil, with olive oil, but she has anointed my feet with perfume. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven. That's why she loved much. But the one who has been, uh, has excuse me. But the one who is forgiven little loves little. See, in other words, you, Simon, because you don't think you need to be forgiven much because you're a Pharisee and think that you're holding on to to God's uh, ways and traditions. He says, you love little. This woman loves much. Verse 38, then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Going to chapter 8, it says, Many women support Christ's work. Verse 1 Afterward, he was traveling from one town and village to another, preaching and telling the good news of the kingdom of God. The 12 were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and sicknesses. A uh, Mary called Magdalene, uh, seven demons had come out of her. Uh, Joanna, the wife of Chusa, a uh, Herod's steward, Susanna, and many others who were supporting them from their possessions. And so in Jesus's ministry, it wasn't just the 12 disciples. There were also women who had been healed by Jesus, either physically or demons driven out, and they were being financially supported by others who weren't traveling with them. So Jesus was supported as he was going on his, um, on his uh, evangelical travels. The parable of the sower, we covered this in Matthew chapter 13, verses 3-9, through nine, episode 183. I've got the key verse V in verse 8. It says, still the other seed fell on good ground. When it grew up, it produced fruit a hundred times uh, what was sown. And he said this, or as he said this, he called out, let everyone who has ears uh, let them hear. And so we we recall there were four different types of soil in in which the seed could fall on the last one being the fertile ground and what would happen when that happened. Why Jesus used parables in, in chapter, excuse me, in um. In verse nine, uh, we see uh, Matthew chapter 13, verses 10 through 17 is when we covered this key verse I've got down here being verse 10. He says, uh, so he said, the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given to you, have been given for you to know. But to the rest, it is parable so that looking, they may not see and hearing they may not understand. So he's talking to the disciples and he's saying that the secrets of the kingdom of God have been given for you to know, but for the rest of the people, They'll look, but they won't see, and they'll hear, but they may not understand. The parable of the sower explained, we went over this in Matthew chapter 13, verse 18 through uh, 23, episode 183 in the word encounter, uh, key verses, verse 15, going back to the fertile soil, it says, but the seed and good ground, these are the ones who having heard the word with an honest and good heart, hold on to it, and by enduring produce fruit. So this is talking about people when it's sown in the people is good ground. And those people produce fruit using your light. We cover this in Matthew chapter or excuse me, Mark chapter four, episode 21 through 25 and episode 193 of the word encounter in verse 17 says for nothing is concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known and brought to light. The light always exposes darkness. In true relationships, we covered in Matthew chapter twelve, verses forty-six through fifty, episode one hundred eighty-three, and the key verse is twenty-one. But he replied to them, "My mother and my brothers are those who hear and do the word of God." When people said, "Your mother and your brothers are here," Jesus said, "My mother and brothers are those who do the word of God." When did the waves obey Jesus? We covered this in Matthew chapter eight, verses twenty-three through twenty-seven, episode one hundred eighty-one, and. In verse 25, it says, he said to them, where's your faith? And, and so the, they were on a boat. The wind was rocking and rolling the boat. They became afraid and they woke him up and they said, you know, we're going to drown. He says, where's your faith? It says, they were fearful and amazed because he woke up and he calmed the seas and everything was calm. He said, where's your faith? They were fearful, fearful and, uh, and amazed, asking one another, who then is this? See, so they were with Jesus going through all this stuff, but they still didn't know who Jesus is. And that question is being asked today. Who is this Jesus? Who is this? People still don't get it. It says demons driven out by Jesus. In Mark uh, chapter 5, 1 through 20, episode 193 and verse 39 is the key. And uh, let's drop down to verse 39. It says, Go back to your home and tell all that God has done for you. And off he went proclaiming throughout the town how much Jesus had done for him. And so Jesus, this man, he was, he was naked in the tombs. Uh, he was a demon filled with many demons. And he says, what's your name, Legion? He drove those demons into the pigs. The pigs drove themselves into the, into the sea and drowned. And, and the man begged Jesus to let me come with you. Jesus said, no, go back to your home and tell them about me. And that's what he did. And then it says, a girl restored and a woman healed. And we covered this in Mark chapter 5, verse 21 through 43, episode 193. The key verses being 47 and 48 and 50 and 51. Let's drop down here. And it says, when the woman saw uh, that she was discovered, when the woman saw that she was discovered, she came trembling and fell down before him. Uh, In the presence of all the people, she declared the reason she had touched him and how she was instantly healed, daughter. You said your faith has saved you. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. This woman had an issue, of blood for twelve years, and she she needed to get she needed to get healed, and so she went up and touched Jesus. And, you know, the 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 disciples tried to stop her, but her faith was such that she said, "If I just touch his robe," and Jesus felt uh, felt the power leave his body and healed her. And he says, "Daughter, your faith has saved you." And then uh, we had um, uh, a girl was dying and the father came to her and he said, don't be afraid, only believe and she will be saved. After he came to the house, house he let no one enter uh, with him except Peter, John, James, and the child's father and mother. And she was healed. She was risen from the dead. The key here is that he put everybody out except for the believers. See, except for his boys and the mother and father, he cleared the atmosphere of doubt. And then, a miracle was able to be performed. And with that, we are done for the day. And uh, we will pick it up in Luke chapter 9 tomorrow. Everybody stay safe, be blessed, and keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. Bye-bye.